This ad-free podcast is part of your Slate Plus membership. Lucky you. Welcome to this mini episode of Big Mood, Little Mood. I'm your host, Danny M. Lavery, and this show is for you, our Plus subscribers. Our guest this week is Kate Duffy, a licensed clinical social worker based in New York. And here we are reading a letter from a listener. On that note, I'm ready to move on to the world of facial topography again. (laughs) We're coming back, baby. We're coming back to the face. It all comes back to the face and the skin thereupon. Okay. Yikes. So the subject of this one is piercing the heart. My partner wants a septum piercing, and I'm the one standing in the way. We've been together for about two years, and we're slated to move in together in about a month. They vaguely mentioned this desire in the past, but last week they actually booked the appointment. I previously hadn't thought they were that serious about it. I struggle with severe OCD, anxiety, and several specific phobias. This manifests as obsessive cleaning and germophobia, and I also have a phobia of needles and blood. Piercings, especially facial piercings, really distress me. I also believe that people should do what they want with their own bodies, and I certainly don't go around telling people if their piercings freak me out, but I do have a hard time looking at someone with a facial piercing in everyday life. My partner didn't know the extent of my aversion to piercings before they made the appointment, but they do know about my obsessions, intrusive thoughts, and phobias, and they have thus far been only mildly bothered by them. I recently started therapy to work through some of these. I'm making progress, but it's slow going. When my partner first texted to tell me about the appointment, I was really panicked at the thought of their having an open wound on their face for the next several months. Over the next day, I was able to calm down to the point where I could discuss the issue. I said they were free to do what they wanted, but that for the duration of the healing process, I would need to set some boundaries, which included no kissing or touching their face, no bed sharing, and no clothes sharing. I realized those are pretty strict and that I'd be asking a lot, but I also felt like it was fair in as much as it only related to my physical encounters with them. I knew this wouldn't go over well with my partner, and they were indeed upset. They said those boundaries took away everything good about being in a relationship and especially about living together. I said that I understood, but these were my boundaries and I would have to stick to them. In the end, they decided to not go through with the piercing and express that they felt like I hadn't really given them a choice. I said I tried to give them as much of a choice as I could, given the circumstances. They were nice about it, but I feel terrible. I feel like I broke a cardinal rule about supporting autonomy and said I'd understand if they wanted to break up over it, although I didn't want them to. Frankly, I wouldn't have agreed to let them move in with me if I'd known they were serious about getting this piercing, and I would even have considered breaking up with them. I feel terrible for feeling so strongly about something that most other people feel fine about, and I feel like I've let my mental illness get in the way of our relationship and in the way of basic bodily autonomy. I don't know what to do with myself. I catch myself worrying all the time that my partner will resent me. Anxiety about the situation has even made its way into my dreams at night. Where do I go from here? Was there some other way I should have handled this? I love my partner dearly, and other than this, I am so excited to have them move in with me. They've been so good to me through all of my mental health struggles, and this time I feel like I really let them down. I feel so torn between I both want to reassure this letter writer, and I also don't want to, like, gloss or paper over some serious, like, differences or tensions here. Yeah. Um, Where do you want to start with this one? Man, I, wow, there's a a lot of places to start. Um, I have a lot of um, empathy for this letter writer. 
Um, I also am diagnosed with OCD, um, and I could not tell you how much I understand, you know, the obsessive cleaning, the germophobia, um, and just feeling really distressed and having intrusive thoughts. Um, that really, uh, really hits me. Like, I get that. Um, and I have a lot of love and compassion for you for going through that because it it does, um, it is really insidious and it's really, really difficult, um, even if other people uh, look at it and, and think like, what's the big deal here? Um, so mm-hmm. I just want to start with that, that I, you know, I, I, I believe you that this is incredibly distressing. Um, you know, this is just really hard. And obviously there's a ton of tension between the fact that you know that, right? Like, you know that this is, this is something that most people would not find reasonable. Um, and so there's this sort of panic around like, well, this is what I need in order to feel safe. And this is what I need in order to manage my illness or what I feel like I need in order to manage my illness. Um, and also I feel like I am going against some of my other values about bodily autonomy and giving people choices and, you know, setting boundaries that feel fair to me and my needs related to my illness and also what is fair to my partner. So there's a lot here. Um, This is a really, really complicated issue. You know, I mean, one thing that just sort of comes to mind is, you know, you've been with this person for, you said, about two years and you're supposed to move in together in about a month. You know, obviously you are free to do whatever it is that makes sense to you. Um, and and I'm not trying to suggest that you absolutely should not move in with this person. However, I do wonder if this would be an opportunity. And again, there could be logistical issues standing in the way of this as well, which I realize. Um, but I wonder if this is an opportunity to not necessarily pull the plug on moving in together, but to maybe slow that down or hit the pause button a little bit. Because if if this is coming up, there are going to be other things that come up. Mm. And it sounds like there are some really complicated issues here around the boundaries that you feel like you have to set in order to manage the intrusive thoughts and the obsessions and the compulsions that you're struggling with and your phobias. Um, and your partner is also feeling extremely hurt about this. Um, mm-hmm. So that's sort of my first thought is, I think that this needs to be a bigger conversation rather than just the issue specifically to the septum piercing. Um, Because the septum piercing is, you know, one small thing. And there are probably going to be other things that come up. Absolutely. I think that, you know, if you're dealing with multiple phobias and severe OCD and anxiety, um, you know, probably it's not always going to be around the question of like a a healing site on the face. But like this is going to come up again, especially if you want to live together. So to me, the key in this letter lay in the first a couple of paragraphs, which was, I hadn't thought they were that serious about it until they booked the appointment. And, um, you know, that part about like, my partner is generally aware of my phobias, but, you know, not, you know, they're not like in the weeds with me. They didn't know the extent of my aversion to piercings. So there's probably, I think on both sides, a certain degree of like that earlier relationship editing that we all do, um, Mm -hmm. that, you know, is not going to serve you as well when you're thinking about moving in together as it might have on the second date where you, I think, rightly want to edit some things or hold some things in reserve because you don't know someone yet. So while this feels really big right now, and while I also can't promise you that the two of you are going to work through this and decide you still want to be together at the other side of this, I do think that there are ways to understand this as like a pretty natural and understandable process of 
like getting through some of the like next level intimacy barriers um, rather than just like, wow, we both really fucked up or like we're the two most incompatible people in the world or anything like that. Like this absolutely happens. People um, often edit certain areas of their own life with a partner, even when they've been together for a year or two. Um, That happens all the time. So I think the way to kind of go back to this is like, it sounds like you've had a little bit of time to cool down. I don't want you to come back like wearing a hair shirt and just being like, I can't believe I stood in between you and bodily autonomy. That septum piercing was, you know, the highest possible expression you could have had for yourself. And I took that from you and I just am the worst. And I'm so, so, so sorry. Like, I think to come back and say like, I think we were both kind of taken aback by how quick we both felt surprised and like, uh, taken aback um, and and felt like we maybe didn't know one another as well as we thought that we did. Um, and so I just want to like, like, let's, let's have a little crash course in each other now. Um, one of the things that you have known about me is that I have a couple of specific phobias. I haven't shared everything about these conditions with you, partly because I have been worried about it um, being too much for you and partly just also because, you know, uh, it hasn't always come up. And now that it has come up, I am ready to share more of it with you. What I would love to do if you feel up for it is to tell you a little bit more about the outline of some of my kind of primary conditions and challenges. And then I would love to maybe hear a little bit more about what this has been like for you. If you have any questions for me, if you have any follow-up questions, um, if there are other potential areas of concern where like my particular phobias and obsessions might bump up against things that would normally just like fall under the purview of like stuff you may or may not decide to do on any given day. My goal here is for us to know each other better. I would love for you to feel uh, not like I was just like laying down the law and saying, here are five things you can never do or I'll like dump you tomorrow. But I also do want you to know some big limits for me because um, I, you know, I can promise you I didn't share any of that stuff with you because I just felt like whimsically annoyed. Um, I felt bad mentioning them to you, but I just don't want to let that bad feeling prevent me from being honest with you because my main goal is to avoid a future surprise like this one. Like, even if there's points of big disagreement between the two of us, if they're not a surprise, they'll be a lot easier for us to work through. Yeah, I think that that's really sound advice. I mean, you know, this is this is so hard because obviously when you move in with someone, no matter what the circumstances are, there's always, you know, going to be things that come out of the woodwork, either things that you haven't talked about because it's kind of impossible to talk about, like, every possible scenario that could come up when you're living with another person. Um, you know, like, I've lived with my husband for, like, nine years, and there are, like, still things that come up where we're like, whoa, we've never even had to consider that before and now we do and like how are we going to work through that um and i and i think too like i mentioned when when you live with someone who has ocd or has phobias or obsessions things like that the absolute best thing that you can do um on both ends is just be incredibly honest as much as you possibly can about what the limits are for you what are things that are really distressing to you what you need from your partner um and i think that you know, some of the questions that you laid out, Danny, and some of like the sort of talking points or like topics that you want to get on, you know, I think that this is an opportunity for you guys to get closer. I think that this is an opportunity. Um, you know, I obviously we can't promise that that's the case. And it sounds like both of you are really hurt and and startled and kind of struggling with how to maintain the relationship and manage the distress of all of this. But I think that if you are able to have a really open and honest conversation or more likely like a series of conversations about this and ideally, you know, before you decide to actually move in, 
I think that you will be so much better equipped to deal with this stuff as it comes up. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, you're you're beating yourself up a lot about this. And, and I can understand that because, you know, it like I said, I think it, it does kind of like fray against some of the, you know, inherent values that you have about people being able to make decisions about how they decorate their bodies. Um, and I have a lot of compassion for that. And I think, and I don't think that this makes you a bad person or anything like that. I think that the the hope is that if you are really able to sort of answer some of these bigger questions and talk through, you know, okay, if we're going to be moving in together, you know, let's sort of think through what are the big things that are going to come up that we can anticipate now. Obviously, you can't account for everything. But what are some things that we might be able to think through um, in terms of living together that could rub up against, you know, my intrusive thoughts or my phobias? Um, How are we going to work through that? What are things that both of us feel are really important coming into this, you know, new type of relationship living together? Because no matter what, it is a change and there are going to be good things and there are going to be complicated things. But I think if you can approach the conversation with a lot of compassion and curiosity about each other, that's a really good place to start. I also wonder too, I I, I don't know if it mentioned um, in the letter uh, letter writer if, if you are currently in therapy, but if you are, if that's something that is working for you, and if you do decide to, you know, stay with your partner and, and work through this and you do decide especially to move in together, it might be a good opportunity for you to be in counseling together. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, there might be things that would be better sort of worked through with another professional where you kind of have more of a, um, a neutral base for both of you. Um, if that's something that's available to you and, and both of you feel comfortable with that, um, that could be a really good step because no matter what moving in with someone is, you know, sometimes it's hard and there are always going to be things that you can't predict. Um, and even the best relationships, you know, there can be challenges there. So again, I don't know exactly what the future is going to hold for your relationship, but I think that if you are really committed to each other um, and committed to moving in together and having that life together, um, you know, then that could be a really good place to start. Yeah. And, you know, I, I just think the only thing that I would add to that is, you know, letter writer, you say, I wouldn't have agreed to let them move in with me if I'd known they were serious about this piercing and I would have even considered breaking up with them. You also say that at one point, you know, hey, if you want to break up with me over this, I totally get it, even though I hope you don't. And, you know, again, letter writer, none of this has to mean that either of you is a bad person. And certainly there are plenty of ways to find common ground here if that's what you both want. But you also might find as you have these conversations that your partner just like, really chafes at your, you know, expectations and you feel incredibly guilty and like there's something wrong with you for not being okay with something that a lot of other people would be okay with. And I would just like to remind you that if as you have these conversations, your overwhelming feeling is, man, my partner is super annoyed about my OCD and my phobias and is just like maybe sometimes going to do what I ask, but is going to do it in a really like eye rolling or frustrated way that makes me feel terrible. I hope you will break up with your partner then. Yeah. Not necessarily because they're like a big, horrible asshole. Like sometimes people just take a while to sort of figure out what they want and they'd rather stomp around with somebody than just end a relationship. But um, as much as I would love for the two of you to work it out, if you have these conversations and you just get a really bad feeling and you just kind of feel like, wow, I really should have kept the OCD stuff to myself because my partner's so annoyed by it, just break up with them. Wish them well. Thank them for two mostly great years and count your blessings that you didn't actually move in together. Yeah. I um, completely yeah. and then and then the next time you start dating someone, 
again, you don't have to go into everything on the very first date, but maybe start bringing up um, certain you know, needs that you might have a little bit earlier. Um, and hopefully you can do that without shame or guilt. Because again, all you can do is let it be known what you need. You, you can't force somebody else to give it to you. You're not trying to force someone else to give it to you. You're just giving them information that they can use um, and let them take the rest. Yeah, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, OCD is a really uh, a really horrible illness. I mean, it's it's really insidious and it kind of works its way into a lot of different corners of your life. And I think that as, again, a fellow sufferer, I think that it's a, a really big impulse to kind of keep a lot of that to yourself, partially because that can be part of the obsession or the compulsion or the intrusive thought, mm -hmm. um, but also because there's a really big vulnerability there in sharing it. OCD is a really misunderstood illness um, in general. I don't think a lot of people have a great working knowledge of how debilitating it can be. And so I think that whether or not this relationship works out, um, you know, if you do stay with your partner and they are, you know, really committed to working with you around the things that you need and, and able to really hear you out and you guys can collaborate um, in a way that feels good and move forward with moving in together, that's wonderful. If it doesn't work out and you do eventually start dating other people down the road, Again, like Danny said, you don't need to just sort of lead with all of this stuff on a first date. Um, but I really hope that you can try to be more vulnerable about this as much as you possibly can. Because I think that the more the more that you talk about it and the more that you're able to express how this stuff manifests for you to other people, the less burdensome it becomes. Not that it's going to take away the symptoms that are really incredibly painful to deal with, but it it just sort of lightens the load a little bit. Um, because if you can just say to someone something that is really scary to think about, something that makes you just feel totally out of control and like this need to crawl back into yourself and, you know, cling to the obsession or the compulsion, um, you know, if you're able to just sort of release that a little bit by just saying to someone else, like, this is what I'm thinking about right now, or this is something that really distresses me, you know, that can sort of, that can free you a little bit. So regardless of, you know, how this goes, and, and again, I do really hope that you and your partner are able to work this out and move forward with your relationship and with moving in together, because it sounds like that's what you both want to do. But if it doesn't happen that way, and, you know, you are eventually in another relationship, just know that if someone is uh, treating you like shit about something like this or trivializing it or making you feel like it's completely unreasonable, even if to them it does sound unreasonable because a lot of these things sound unreasonable to someone who's not struggling with OCD, that's a sign that maybe that person is really not going to take you seriously um, and is not going to be able to meet you where you're at. Not that they have to co-sign everything that you're saying or that they can't you know, try in some ways to challenge you or to hold you accountable when you need to be held accountable. But you know, this is a real illness. This is something that affects a lot of people and that is incredibly difficult to manage. And just, you know, have compassion for yourself because this is really hard. And you and your partner, you know, not this, there's no like bad person in this situation. Like this is a really tough, a really tough thing that you're going through and I hope everything works out. Thank you for joining us on Big Mood, Little Mood with me, Danny Lavery. Our producer is Phil Circus, who also composed our theme music. Don't miss an episode of the show. Head to slate.com slash mood to sign up to subscribe or hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're using right now. Thanks. Also, if you can, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to know what you think. 
If you want more Big Mood, Little Mood, you should join Slate Plus, Slate's membership program. Members get an extra episode of Big Mood, Little Mood every Friday, and you'll get to hear more advice and conversations with the guest. And as a Slate Plus member, you'll also be supporting the show. Go to slate.com forward slash mood plus to sign up. It's just $1 for your first month. If you'd like me to read your letter on the show, maybe you need a little advice, maybe some big advice, head to slate.com slash mood to find our Big Mood, Little Mood listener question form or find a link in the description on the platform you're using right now. Thanks for listening.